Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the carne asada, he is el principe of the hustlers. You hear him on 710 ESPN. You hear him doing boxing. You see him in Tijuana doing the Miller Lite Minute. I mean, this guy is, he's all hes all over the place, especially on social media. he We, we can take lessons. He is Beto Duran. Beto, como estas, amigo? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to finally be here for the first time uh, on video, man. I'm proud of you guys for everything you've done. I remember when Roger told me that you guys wanted to have this idea. I was like, all right, here's what you do. Don't be like everybody else, and you're not. And to see the success you guys have had, to grab all the guests you have had, adding Alicia has been fantastic because uh, she's the one that really runs this city. So, you know, <laughs> as I told Roger a long time ago, I was like, if you really want to do a podcast, do 20 of them, make sure they suck, and then delete those, and then that's when you're ready to start because uh, everybody has a podcast for two weeks. And then after that, oh, what happened? But what happened was, yeah, but uh, proud of you for your success and continue to grow and everything else. Thank you. And I'm also very proud of the fact that you, did you hit that home run in that softball game wearing Huaraches? Because I have to tell you, that, that your Huarache game is strong, uh, Beto, because those are real Huaraches. I could, yeah, Huaraches are from me. Mexico, right? And I bet yeah. you they made you fast as fuck. Uh, I didn't wear them to play in the softball game. Uh, but the Huaraches are from Nochislan, Zacatecas, where my parents are from. Um, the best part is that my uncle sold me those Huaraches uh, and realized that I was who I was, that a kid from the north is, so he didn't give me the discount. So I paid full price for them. Uh, but yeah, those are my jams, right? Like people are like, oh, you're, you're, you're walking around with them? Like, no, nah, those are for real. Like, I legit wear them every day, and I've worn them out. But you're like, I mean, it's just – I wasn't doing it for a fashion statement. It's just what I wear after a game, you know, or I mean, or after your run or whatever. It's like you put them on, and you lose your chunk class, you're going to go. Yeah. You know, this is what I, Beto, what I like about you is you're, you're an L.A. guy, but you're not a homer. So I got to ask you, <laughs> when you see the Dodgers, I know you're going to tell the truth. Here, okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> Maybe charge my phone for this one. I want to know, like, when you see the Dodgers, like, what do you see is, is wrong with them? Because we have guys that come on the show and they just sit there and go, oh, their bats just got cold. It, it's just baseball. This is what happens with baseball. And it's like nobody wants to blame Friedman. It's not Dave Roberts' fault. Don't fire anybody. 
but it's like there's no account who holds those guys accountable do the have the fans have no say in this this is what i like about you you know that like you you especially you juan always want to be objective and then you throw it out the window and become the dude in left field right away with four beers underneath you like <laughs> You forget that Arizona was good. You forget that the Padres were good. You forget that. And uh, Dodger fans, I've said it many, many times, same with Laker fans, they're spoiled because winning the West is a given. You're supposed to. But this year, you weren't supposed to. How many times have you and I, Davali, talked about this where nobody's giving them credit? Yeah, they weren't because they were chosen to be a wild card team. So they got hot at the end. They had a great season number-wise. But when you get to the playoffs, like you got to give credit to the other team. And when you face somebody for a series, it's different. When, like, I was the one on the radio saying the Dodgers are going to go to the NLCS. Don't worry about Arizona because the way they've been playing against them, um, they didn't have enough to become a World Series team pitching wise. But I thought that they would take care of Arizona. And anybody who bet on Arizona, you're a liar. Not even people in that front office thought that they had a team that could get this right now. The Arizona team was built for next year. You're not going to have Corbin Carroll doing this. You're not going to have Alec Thomas, who is half Mexican, doing this. You're not going to have it. Like, they picked up Tommy Pham because, not right? Not, not like, oh, we're going to do this. Um, so, as far as your question, I always say this on the radio. If you want to fire somebody, what's your solution? What are you going to do? Okay, you're going to fire Dave Roberts, and then what? And then what? And then you're going to fire Andrew Freeman, and then what? Um, other teams are trying to win too, but as far as like Dave Roberts, I, you do know it's not him. You do know in modern baseball in 2023, it is a collective effort from everybody. It goes from the organization. They have sell people who are doing just statistical analytics stuff that has been the numbers have been over and over and over Dave Roberts and every single manager. And for the people who are saying, Oh, Bruce Bochy's old school. No, Bruce Bochy has a cheat sheet too. You know, the, the, every single manager in baseball speaks with the front office now. And they tell them in these kind of situations, this is what's going to happen. We're going to pull this guy after this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Everything is calculated. Davaya, you and I worked in TV a lot of years. Ain't nothing off the cuff. Everything is scripted. And in baseball, for the most part, everything is. It just so happens that the Dodgers have come up short because the expectations are higher. We hold them just like you do the Lakers, just like you do the Yankees, just like you do other organizations that are the elite of the elite. You hold them to a higher standard. If the Angels were to get to where the Dodgers would be, they'd be throwing parades in Anaheim, right? The Padres, the reason they're so happy their fans are because they're they, they're not used to this. Dodger fans are expected to be in October, and it sucks that they're not because it's more work for us, and it's a lot more fun to talk about this than it is to talk about the Rams getting beat by the Cowboys or whatever the heck it is right now. Yeah. It's just right now it sucks for the Dodgers that they're not getting over that hump. But when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody but knows. you don't think that when you got the bullseye on your back, it's harder? I mean, Juan, what would you do? Who are you firing? Because I listen to the podcast. And No, I look, I'm I'm with you. It's a 10. No, you're not. No, no you're no, not. I listen, no, bro. No, listen. <laughs> I've I always said in the last few episodes, it's a tandem. If you're going to get rid of Roberts, you have to get rid of Friedman because of what you said. They work together. Beto, this is my thing. The Serpientes got punched in the face. They went down 2-0 to the Phillies, and they came back. 
what is a frustrating to me is I saw a fight in a team that like the Serpientes that I didn't see in the Dodgers. Do you see that fight in the Dodgers? I didn't see it last year against the Padres. And you're right. Like Doc Trell says, those other guys drive nice cars too, right? Uh So nothing is a given. But that's what's frustrating to me is why were the Serpientes, because you're a boxing guy, why were they able to get off the mat? But the Dodgers, it just looked like, hey, man, things aren't going our way. Let's let's go home. Am I wrong? The Dodgers are a corporate team. You're getting so guys who are coming in who are going to do their job, and you're not going to have the fiery guy who's going to piss you off. You know what they got? They got guys that the fans love. Oh, don't boo our guys. We love him. Del Valle. Uh, we love that guy. We love him. It's great. And then he goes two for 20. You know, and everybody that's like, oh, my God, we miss Corey Seager. No, you don't. You were booing his ass every single time you could in the playoffs. Right. Although like, oh, Nathan Evaldi was a Dodger. Yeah. And you traded him for better pieces. Right. You make those moves. So everything is hindsight in 2020. Right. Like It's just yeah. the Dodgers this year. They were a very corporate team. They got the job done. They got the games in. But did you expect them to go to the World Series? No. Did you expect them to be in the NLCS? Not really. But you saw their numbers at the end. You're like, OK, cool. Uh, but they're not. That's just the way the Dodgers have been run the last couple of years. They're boring. They're vanilla. They're bland. And they're very corporate. They're not going to be the team that's going to fire, like, like you know. And I'm all right. I'm going to tangent. I, I have not been drinking yet. For all the people that have been calling ESPN saying, "Oh, Tommy Lasorda would have done this." Tommy was a perfect guy in the '80s. And Tommy, if you go look at his record, he had some terrible teams. The reason he didn't get fired because there's nobody else there because the teams were bad and the teams were budget. So Tommy wouldn't have done a dang, damn thing right now. So you don't need to fire up guys that are making hundred million dollars because if you got a guys that are not like Mookie Betts. If you expect, if you thought Mookie Betts was going to play that way, nobody did, man. That guy's a gamer. He's one of the best in baseball. Go, let, go down the generation player. So it sucks. I mean, there is no explanation for it. You really can't have that explanation for it because when you play seven games, everything comes back down to it. Alicia, come in here because he called you out on, on don't boo the players. <laughs> no, I didn't call her out. I'm just she knows what I'm talking about because you know, <laughs> Alicia and I talk every day, so she knows we ha- actually hold on. Alicia and I argue every day, and then we make <laughs> up, and then we're like, okay, now what? Now we're gonna eat it. I will defend myself in the sense that I don't like cheering against our team. It doesn't matter what player it is, not my favorite player or whatever, because that's not been the way. You and I have been going to Dodger games our whole lives. And it's not, I feel like that's an East Coast thing where, you know, the, the Phillies fans have their reputation, the, the Yankees fans. Dude, we're West Coast, baby. We're chill. We don't boo our own players. It's a, going well, to we a just Dodger cry game. about it or them losing. But I will say that I just, I don't, I don't use that argument anymore because I feel like young people, I don't know if it's video games or what. They just love to boo. They love to bitch and they love to boo. Bunch of haters, Del Valle. <laughs> and so I just, I, I gave up. I'm like, go ahead and boo. Like that, you paid for your ticket. I get that argument. I just wish, in my opinion, it wasn't so. It was not the way I grew up. I loved, you know, we have more reasons to cheer. Like Bethel says, and we always say here on the Bleed Lows, we, we are spoiled. Dodger fans are spoiled. So 
I think losing in last October. Way, I say in a good way that they're spoiled because look, we are there's a reason you root for winners, right? The Dodgers are fun to root for, but no matter Absolutely. what, they're going to get 3 million people next year, no matter what. Going to Dodger game isn't about going to the game. It's about the experience. It's about the vibe. It's about the camaraderie. But it's about seeing Alicia's mom and dad there hanging out. And it's about seeing uh, the ushers that have been there in your section for 30 years. If you know them as a kid, it's about that's what Dodger games are about. But damn, it sucks that they don't get to the playoffs or the World Series. Because when you spend that much money, you're supposed to do that. Stop teasing me with the NLCS wild card, whatever the hell it is. Like, yeah. give me a World Series championship. And I'm talking about just for the fans. I'm not talking about me because I don't even care if the team wins or loses. I'm talking about right. the city of L.A. because there's nothing like the city of L.A. that's thriving when the teams are playing well. I, I was going to bring that up as well, Beto. I love, like my co-host mentioned, you're not a homer. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and sometimes it comes back to bite me in the ass. But um, I feel like losing last October prepared me to lose again this October. And that's a shitty thing to say. I was devastated last October. This October, they weren't supposed to be there. Mookie disappeared again. I didn't expect Freddie to disappear. That was a shock. But I mean, you know, we had a lot of good highs, a lot of good moments throughout the season. Great. I want your opinion though, as the new post Lakers game host, did I say that right? Post. No, I don't even know my title yet. Right? Post, game. <laughs> post game host. It just is a uh, Lakers post. What is it? Actually, hold on. I'm looking at the paper right now. Uh, the ESPN Lakers post game show on 710 ESPN after every single Lakers game. Woo! I love it. Congratulations on that. But oh wait, let me tell you this, Del Valle. So Dodger fans are crazy in a good way. Laker fans are delusional in a good way. Uh, the, the second call I got the other night after opening night, the second call, the dude wanted to talk about trades. I'm like. Like, damn it, what I sign myself up for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and, a calling show, so we have to take calls, but right, damn. Right. Yeah. And is that hard for you? Is that difficult to stay neutral, to just deliver the facts, the stories, the headlines without? You, I guess it must. Maybe that's why they picked you is because you don't become a fan, right? Like, you um, don't get emotional like me. <laughs> so one thing that, like, see, I've known Alicia, like, a couple of decades now. Um, we met at years. a Lakers practice. Yes. So, so way back. <laughs> here's what happened to me. People are like, oh, you're from LA. People need to remember this. And Alicia went to one of the best uh, collegiate programs for journalism in the country at USC, the Annenberg School of Education, mm -hmm. uh, of journalism, of communications. Let me get it right. Um, <laughs> you're taught to not be the story. And if you want to be the reporter, you report on the news. And the line has been blurred the last couple of years where people are showing their fandom for what they are. Um, but I'll, that's usually for people who are not covering the team. So I grew up in an era where if you want to be like, what do you want to do? Do you want to cheer on a team or do you want to cheer on your paycheck? I'd rather worry about my check. Um, I love sports. I love everything. I still do high school stuff for free because I love doing it. I love watching the best athletes in the world compete. I will watch anything. I just don't care about what a billionaire is doing. Um, I love seeing the city of L.A. rise, being born and raised in L.A. I love that. Uh, I still hate the Boston Celtics because when I grew up, it was Showtime Lakers, and I hate Kevin McHale even when he was on Cheers, bro. I like, I forget that guy, right? Um, you know, Gary's Old Town Tavern. I, he was a cheater then. Uh, but 
you when you start taking journalism classes and you realize what it is, what's going on, and you're like, hmm, do I want to be a fan of a team or do I want to be a fan of the job? And I love the job. And there's some people, like, for example, Fred Robledo from the San Gabriel Valley Tribune. He knew that he could not stop being a Dodger fan and a Laker fan. So he covers press sports, which allows him to be a huge Laker fan, huge UCLA fan, huge uh, Dodger fan. And he tweets about sports all day long. But because he covers preps, he can do that. You can't be somebody who's saying, hey, I'm covering this team day to day on a day to day basis and be neutral because you're not. So when people are like, oh, you're just a hater. I'm like, no, I'm telling you exactly what's going on at practice or in the game. So like. If people know that they're like, oh, you're such a downer. I'm like, no, they're not that good. Like they weren't, they weren't going to the World Series <laughs> this year, right? They weren't. Um, the Lakers were not going to beat Denver last year. So that's just the line. And now in day and age, like Alicia always worked news. So she could be a Dodger fan, a Laker fan. She could have that out there. If I come out and say, oh, I'm a big Laker fan. And then at the same time, I'm interviewing them. But then I don't ask the hard question. It's like, well, are you a fanboy or not? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you? And like, you know, your site. You guys let it be known that you're a Dodger fan podcast, but you're very critical in a good way, constructive criticism. Now, there's some other Dodger sites that I try listening to, and it's like, bro, <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. And same thing with Laker fans and same thing with USC fans. If you want to be told the team's version, then good for that. Good for you. But I, for me as a reporter and the way we brought up, like, I'd rather tell you the truth. And for me, also, it all happened because I was, as a kid, I was a Dodger fan. You don't want to stop being a Dodger fan? And they traded Piazza. No. When they cut Fernando on the last day. Uh-huh. Fernando got cut on the last end, end of spring training, which didn't allow him to go on with somebody else. And they already knew Fernando was going to be not with the Dodgers. So like that right there is like, oh, okay, that's the business side. As far as the Piazza side, like whatever, I was already in high school. It's like you saw the business side of when the Bob Daly and the Fox group came in over, and like you started seeing that. And then for to put the final dagger, I was a Clippers intern in 2001. And you want to talk about knowing how organizations run? That's when I was like, at that time, I was like, do I want to be a PR person that works for a team or do I want to be a reporter? I didn't quite know. After seeing what goes on day to day behind the scenes of an organization, I'm like, hell no, you covered too many things up. the truth the truth um well once again congratulations on your gig but i want to get a definite answer from you because you're in the thick of it right you're there yes you're the best ovaya you're the best (laughs) you said the truth this town is just the the mood is different it's better when the lakers are winning when the Dodgers are winning, and when USC football is winning, when are the Rams and even the Chargers going to get to that level? I mean, is it just they just have to win? Because it's not, you know, it's not happening. And the Rams won a Super Bowl in L.A. Besides your family, <laughs> um, it's hard to be a Rams fan. And, I, and this is why I I really laid off of Twitter the last – year um because i just like it's whatever toxic but like i always love getting into the argument when people say you can't be a dodger fan and a 49er fan oh who that who that why <laughs> why are you talking about my producer like that man wait you, you want you want to fight you just, why, why, just why, why, what, happened? what happened you just described roger that's, that's roger roger is that guy okay you know what i just described la 
because I, I say this all the time. It's a different sport. So root for whatever you want. When they're like, oh, beat LA. Okay, well, it's a different sport. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you cannot be a Lakers fan and a Boston, uh, a Celtics fan. There's no there's no way, right? But in, for football, I'm like, I have no problem with anybody being a Niner fan and a Dodger fan. Why? Because if you're around my age in your 40s, you only knew the 49ers on TV. Because there was no Sunday ticket or NFL packages in the late 80s, 90s. Because all we would ever see, because the Rams sucked, was the 49er games on TV. We would see John, uh, Joe, Joe Montana. John Taylor, um, Jerry Rice, Tom Rathman. I would name you more of them. And I'm not a Niners fan, but that's what was on TV. And then what do we see on Monday Night Football? Every now and then you'd have the Rams and the Niners play on Monday Night Football at Angel Stadium. And the Niners were kicking their ass every single time. So if you're an impressionable kid in elementary, like I was and a bunch of my friends were, they become, what do you root for? You root for the team that wins. And also the Rams were considered Anaheim. And they didn't sell out, so their games weren't on TV. I mean, Alicia, am I wrong about this? No, you're right. You probably went because your dad is a hardcore fan, and you you guys were all about it. But I didn't grow up with anybody. I honestly, I didn't grow up with anybody in Carson that was a Rams fan. I grew up with fans that were Raider fans, because Raider fans now that's generational. That's passed down from generation to generation. Nobody becomes a Raider fan. You're born a Raider fan. Like for (laughs) that's like boom as soon as you get it. Like that's what it is. But I have no problem with people being a Niners fan because. The Rams left for so long, and yeah. the football left for so long. They left when I was in like high school. So, and then in junior high, they sucked really bad. And that's when the Packers were good, and that's when the Cowboys were good. And because they weren't selling out, this is how TV works back then. If your local team didn't sell out, they wouldn't show your game on TV. So, you never saw the Rams on TV. At least I don't remember. I would see Troy Aikman and Joe Montana all the time and Steve Young. So, if you're an impressionable kid in your 40s, and then that's what you grew up with, then I have no problem with you. And then when they leave, go for it. Like the Raiders, they don't need a city. The Raider Nation, they they could be vagabonds wherever they're at. They could be in Alberta, Canada, and they're still going to have their hardcore fans. But yeah. the like the Rams fans, to your question, Diwali, it's hard. It's generational because now the kids that grew up, like my kid, he was a Seahawks fan because they were into the Super Bowl and they were good. And he's like 18, right? So it's yeah. just – that and you have the hardcore fans like Alicia and like our guy Razo and like the other fans, but you don't ever see any kids saying, "Hey, I want to be a Rams fan now," because the parents are in the forties or become Niner fans or Chiefs fans. Like, how many like Dolphins fans all of a sudden popping out there, right? Like because of yeah. Dan Marino or like it's just. And LA is such a transplant city. You have people from all over the place that just want to root for their team. So it sucks because when you go to other cities, you don't see that many other like you don't see many Rams fans. Like when you, I've been to a cowboy game. It's like, damn, it's all cowboy fans. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it just sucks. It's but it is what it is. Cowboy. They did it to themselves. Yeah, and LA is just—it's a tough market anyway. There's, there's always something to do. Every we've got two teams in every sport. We're, yeah. we're very fortunate, and we've got the weather, and we've got the beaches, and we've got the hiking, and and so if you're not winning, I mean, that's the that's least. That's you the bare win. minimum you have to do, right? To get our attendance is win. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this though, the Chargers, because when they came back, I, I was the Chargers postgame host for that. And you talk about Charger talk when they just moved here from San Diego. Oh boy, nobody called. Um, yeah, but what the Chargers realize is they're not trying to compete with anybody. The Chargers, look at what they do. They don't market to us. They market to little kids. Like Smart. if you go to Target, the, Target, the Charger jerseys are always in, Little kid sizes. 
and it's always the baby blue one. They made a real emphasis to go after the elementary kids, the impressionable kids of like, hey, we're going to give you a jersey. Okay, cool. Like, that's what the Rams and Chargers do really well. They go to the elementaries and you're trying to get those kind of kids. It's going to take a generation to get them. And they're not going anywhere. I mean, they, they have billion-dollar teams in L.A. Why would you leave, right? So right. it's going to be generational stuff like that. And, and then if you win, you win. But, I mean, the I mean, the Chargers are another story. Why are we even talking about this anyways? I just L.A., the, the mood of L.A. and, and how oh, okay. USC football is bigger than the Rams and Chargers. And Dude, the rest of yes. the country, NFL rules, except in L.A. That's all. Because SC football is fun. SC football <laughs> is something that you can own. Um, SC football is semi-affordable. Like, I had, I never took my kids to an NFL game because I, I'm not paying 125 bucks to park. <laughs> just to park. I mean, and plus, yeah, it's just, but SC games are cool. When, when SC's rocking and rolling, ain't nothing better than call Seattle on a Saturday night. Oh, I know. So fun. So fun. And, and what about golf? Is this new gig going to get in the way of your golf influencer career? <laughs> what the heck? I gotta um, ask. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. You're the one that's all the, at all the events and never invite me or Roger or Juan, man. Right home. <laughs> I invite. I invite Roger. Um, when have you gone, Juan? When have you gone? I I I, I can't golf, so it doesn't I, matter. I, we can go drink. I I, can, I spare her the embarrassment. I, whenever I um, hang out with the the, the the Princesa Picolandia in public, she's always like this, bro. She's always like, no, no lo conozco, no lo conozco. Yeah, no, the valley's good. Um, uh, oh, no, the, the golf is the golf is never affected. Every Monday I play, we're good. Nice. I, I'm hoping. I, I need to see it. I need to see it on your socials. Um, one of the rumors at a recent golf tournament, a Jaime Harin's tournament on Monday, there were people there, and I'm not going to name names, that work for the Dodgers or in your business, that were talking little whispers about Mike Sosha replacing um, our guy, our friend of the carne asada, Dave Roberts. Is that even a possibility, or are they just drinking too much? In your opinion. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Mike Sosha, but I also like Dave Roberts. I don't blame Dave Roberts for the downfall. It's, um, <laughs> he, here's what fans need to do. Always go forward. Always look forward. Um, we are... <laughs> Divide you and I both the, the, the king and queen of looking back in our lives, right? Like, damn, we should. <laughs> but baseball is completely different. Um, you guys have Eric Burns on, or you have Harrison on, whoever it is. Those guys and the people that play right now, they don't recognize the game that they played growing up. They don't recognize the game that they played a couple of years ago. Um, when you talk to people that are involved in baseball now, whether they're on a coaching staff or the scouting or the front office, it's a whole nother language. Um, and how Bruce Bochy has been able to adapt and Dusty Baker has been able to adapt is because they were aware of the changes that were coming. Um, you have to know, like, I, like you, you, the rap soto, the 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 exit velocity, all those other terminologies. It's no longer like, hey, you know what? He looks tired. I'm gonna take him out. Every single thing is detailed. When you go to spring training now, you look and when the guys are pitching, they'll make a pitch and right away they'll look right at the computer. 
it's no longer let me make a couple pitches. It's just, but so to your question about Mike Sosha, it's guys like him, Sosha, and the the veterans that have been around, they need to be involved in baseball. I would say like in an advisory role, you got to have that person who can really, because you got to have the person who can translate the data to the player from somebody who's been there. Because when you have the analytics person who you have no idea who he is and he just shows up and he gives you a, Hey, here's your readings. And you're like, okay, now what, who are you guy? Where'd you come from? Like the hell you're 23 years old and you're telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. Like translate this. So, but the, the, the bench coach now, um, the managers now, they really need to buy into what the front office is telling them. And a guy like Sosha and, and like, or, perfect example, look at Joe Madden. If you listen to Joe Madden, former Angels manager, he was the king of analytics when he was with uh, Tampa and when he was with Chicago. He comes to An- An- Anaheim, he tried to do it. Now he's like, hey, we've gone so far away, we got to go back. So to your question, like, Mike Sosha would be great because he's a winner. But there's a reason he's not in baseball right now, whether it's because he doesn't want to be or because baseball doesn't want him. It's just hard. And you look at the man, like the managers, managers that you have in baseball right now, who are they? Like, like who do you know their names? <laughs> They're like, bench players. They're bench players. They were that, utility guys. But yeah, those are the guys, because those are the guys who bought in right away to this. Like Tori Lovello was a long time, uh, you know, utility player, you know, he went to UCLA, Montclair prep, you know, stuff like that. But guys that have been around and doing the digging, like the, like Don Manley is a bench coach in Toronto, you know, like that's Donnie baseball. He should be running the show, not being the bench coach. <laughs> it, 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 this is why I don't watch baseball as much because it sucks. And I'm glad I'm not around it all the time because when you go to, when you go to Dodger games for, and you're on a press pass and you're watching BP, you're like, like, who are these guys on both teams, right? <laughs> guys show up. They do their job. They get in, get out, boom, boom. And I'm talking about whether it's Arizona or Milwaukee, whoever it is, there is no camaraderie interaction anymore where, like, you're talking to people. And it, it's it's just so robotic because guys get done with their work and they're looking at their computer. They're looking at the iPad. Isn't Baseball is supposed to – it's just different. I don't sound like the old guy right now, but at the same time, if you talk to any kid who's in high school, these kids know what all these, like, crazy, like, analytics stuff is right now because they grew up with that. And that's what they have. And they'd rather listen to somebody who can tell them that than somebody like, well, back in my day, <laughs> it's, it's, times are oh, different. <laughs> times are so different now. Well, I, I do love Juan and I talked about this earlier, right? Juan, how Beto's super involved in high school sports and not just sports. You've always encouraged young people to, you know, pursue higher education, get involved in our industry. And just like baseball, our industry has changed dramatically. Like, who, <laughs> I would not have predicted the way things are now. Even just a few years ago, didn't see it coming. So before I stop talking, um, what do you have advice? What kind of advice would you give young people who want to work in sports, who want to work in broadcasting? Because you're still out there. You're still talking to high schools. You're still, you know, doing career days. And I love that about you. You've always been that way, even before it was... You know, now there's a lot of socials that it's for the gram, you know, doing kind things. And that's great, everybody. But you've been down. You've been doing this for young people in the classrooms. You know, principals, you know, teachers. Like, tell me, I, what what can they do? Because it's different. It's different than the way we came up. It's, um, we got a long way to go. 
Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying this because you're here, Alicia, but like you're somebody that we all look up to. Like you were, you're, you knocked down so many damn doors in this industry in this city, um, and it sucks because you knock them down, but there's nobody walking in behind them. And it's not because you didn't try. It's not because I haven't tried. It's because there aren't enough kids who think that they can do it because they get told you can't do this. At the same time, who the hell is going to come to your house and get you to get the damn job? Um, nobody went and told Alicia you could be on Channel 7. She had the dream to say that she wants to wear the Circle 7, so she found out how to do it. You have to do the work. Um, we're too busy trying to find a job to yeah. go help you. But so when I go and speak at different schools and I, Alicia's gone with me and I take her with me, we've gone to these different panels and it's always like, here's our number, call us. Here it is. Don't wait. Um, the biggest piece of advice I have to, and it doesn't matter whatever it is you want to do in this business. It's find the person who's doing the job that you want to do and go mm -hmm. do it. Like, like Roger, I told him how many times he's like, I'm gonna start this podcast. I'm like, well then do it. It's simple <laughs> as that. Do it. You're going to suck. You're going to fail in the beginning and then get up and keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on doing it. And if advertisers don't want to go with you, oh, well, find somebody else. All you need to do is find that one person who's going to say yes. Um, so my biggest piece of advice is keep doing it. Keep going. But at the same time, you got to want it more than me. I give my number out all the time, but I hate when I get a text two years later. Hey, I just graduated. Are there any jobs? Fool, where, the, where, where you been for two years? Like, I, when I get calls from all the time, like my friends who are like bosses everywhere, like Bethel, here's our internship program. Who do you want me to hire? And I look at my list. I'm like, I don't have anybody this semester because nobody's been coming to get me. Nobody's going to go to your damn house and get you. Um, but all you people that put up the fake motivational quotes on your social media, why don't you actually read it every now and then and actually do something about it? If you don't go to USC, your odds are really against you. If you don't go, I went to junior college. I went to three of them. Like, I still haven't graduated. Right. So I if I could do it, you can do it. But if you do not follow up with Alicia Devay, who went to the USC School of Journalism at Annenberg, she's part of the board. She's part of the panels. She's part of like the admissions process. Like, what the hell are you doing? So don't make excuses because we don't want to hear any excuses because your mom and your abuela don't want to hear anything about it. It's because we get just told, just go get the normal nine to five job with benefits. Mijo, it's a good job with the city. And there's nothing wrong with that then don't bitch and complain about, I could have done this, I could have done that. No, you didn't because you weren't doing the damn work. Like, whatever it is you want to do, go do it. Um, I love it. Don't it's going to be hard. 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 You're going to get rejected. It's a vow of poverty. Um, I've never had a new car. I don't care. I love doing this. I'm working on a Sunday now. I'm talking with you guys. This is amazing. Um, I could be rich and a son of a bitch, but I'm not. I don't have an <laughs> ulcer. I'm good. I still got my hair. But at the same time, nobody's going to come to your house in Pico and say, hey, do your damn homework. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Because every year they graduate students from SC, Syracuse, Missouri, Northwestern. Every single major university is graduating with a degree in journalism. And there's not that many jobs. Like you just saw how many people at Sports Center got laid off all the time. I don't have one job. So everybody's like, oh, you have so many jobs. Yeah, because I don't have one. I, I wish I just had one, but I got to have nine to pay the bills for everything else for this. Um, but yeah, go find the, go find the person who's doing the damn job and get with them, reach out to them. I can't help you if I don't know you exist and I'm not going to give you a damn job. Um, you got to make the work and you got to do that. Uh, one of the things is, for example, perfect example, the Clippers just hired a 22 year old kid 
named Carlo. Uh, what is Carlo's last name? Jeez. Carlo Jimenez. Just graduated from USC last year. 22. He's from San Jose. He's the Clippers radio play-by-play announcer. He's really good. How do I know Carlo? Because when he was a freshman at USC, I spoke to his class. He reached out to me and we talked. And I'm like, he's like, I want to do this. I'm like, cool, Carlo, here you go. Would check in with me every couple of months. Bethel, here's what I'm doing. I got him doing high school games, like the same ones that I do. I'm like, hey, do these high school games just to get some reps. I found out that freaking Carlo, who's from San Jose, went to SC, was take, taking Ubers to do these high school games. He was like losing money. Like you get paid a couple bucks, but he was like, but that's how bad he wanted it. And I'm like, yo, why are you doing this? We can give you a game that's closer to USA. He's like, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But that's what you got to do. You got to put in that kind of grind, that kind of work. So he would apply. And I told him, every job you apply to, put me down as a reference. I've never even met the kid. I met him just via Zoom, but would always stay in contact with me. So when he applied for the Clipper job, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, doesn't have a chance because there's so many people around the country that are going to apply that are super professionals. It's the NBA. He got the job. He's really good. He's a hustler. He's doing it. But he applied. He didn't say, hey, Bethel, do you know about this job? I'm like, dude, they have a job opening? He already knew. (laughs) you got to go and do that kind of work. So those are the kind of stories you love to see. But at the same time, there's a young kid named Gabriel Duarte who's covering uh, prep sports for the San Gabriel Valley Tribune. Went to St. Paul del Valley. I think I tweeted you. He's like 20. He's the editor at uh, Cal State Northridge. Gabriel Duarte. I follow him now because of you. Yeah. He came up to me at a fight. He was working, and he's like, hey, I want to do what you do. I'm like, all right, take my number down, bro. I'm busy right now, but here it is. Next day, he gives me a call, blah, blah, blah. I hook him with Fred. Like, hey, send him your resume. Within two minutes, he had it. The kid's like hustling now, doing his own thing. I'm like, damn. So you got to show the initiative. You got to show the work. And if you do that, me and Alicia and Juan and Roger are going to go above and beyond for you. But absolutely, you got to do the work. Do work. Do the, <laughs> hey, uh, how much time do we have left with you, Bethel? Whatever, man. What do you got? I'm on I, I want to get serious with you. Uh, we had Sedano on the show earlier, yeah. right? And so Sedano was telling us he's the one that was fighting to get you on, on the air yeah. on ESPN. And so one of the things that I find really interesting about Sedano, you know, he's a, he's a Latino, but a lot of people identify him as a Cuban. And he is. Exactly. But we want our he he's, he's, he's legit tostones, bro. He, he don't right. need us. Yeah, but we want our Mexicans on the air, right? So when you come on ESPN, when Laura's on, when we hear Jorge, I feel like there's a lot more engagement because that's the audience here in, in Southern California. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. Um, I get what you're saying, and representation does matter. It absolutely does matter. Um, Laura and Jorge do good work, but they're not on the air. They're not getting paid to be on the air. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> That might be engagement, but it's not their role. And it's great. I always tell people, if you want to work, work behind the scenes. So that's why I get what you're saying about being Mexican in LA, being, I'm considering I'm the only one doing it, but I am also part-time. Yeah. I don't have a contract. I'm not on. Um, and that's, that's another story another day. Like George was a big proponent of me coming back in. And I was like, nah, bro, I don't need this. Like who's listening to the radio? Like, <laughs> I got enough podcasts, I got enough boxing, I got enough TV, I'm doing this. Like, And I'm being dead serious. And, yeah. I, I, and I told the bosses that. I'm like, you guys need to change some things up. Like, not that, I mean, obviously being asked to work at ESPN Radio a couple of years ago as a fill-in is fantastic. But I had already worked here. Um, and you got to grow. The only re- way I would come back 
as a fill-in was if I was allowed to be the main fill-in, not come on for a segment. And George is a big proponent, and George helped me out, and I give a lot of credit to all the bosses here at 710. And they told me, Bethel, we don't have a spot for you because it's not in the overhead, right? And I'm like, great. But I saw how they were changing, how they were evolving to George allowing to have his cast of people around him, how it was no longer, hey, Dodgers lost. They suck. No, they don't. The back and forth old white man talk, sports talk radio of like, oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. It's like, okay, and he hit 385. It's like, dude, that's freaking boring. That's old. That's what we grew up on. Like, But what George was doing was evolving and changing it, and I had to change my attitude. I checked myself, too. I'm like, I want to be part of something fun like that. And that's where I was able to come back in. So, but the audience isn't Mexican. The audience is LA. Um, this is why I, and we're, we're being completely honest here. I get a lot of, I get a lot of pushback from people because I will correct Laura and say, Hey, don't be speaking Spanish right now. Um, because you can speak a, a word or two. And Laura and I have gone back and forth and Laura and I are friends. We're good about this. And she's like, well, that's how I talk. And I'm like, yeah, but Laura, you're behind the scenes. I'm on the air. You got to remember LA. There's a lot of kids that are generational, third, fourth generation that don't speak Spanish. You can understand the words, but it's not fair to them. Um, this isn't a bilingual station. It's an L.A. station. You have the African-Americans. You have the Asians. You have the uh, Indian family. You have the Persian family. You have What makes L.A. so beautiful is how diverse it is. You have the Filipinos, especially if you're talking about the Lakers. So when you start going and just going a little too far into the weeds, then it becomes, hey, you forget about it. It's broadcasting, not microcasting, right? So that's where... I represent LA a lot as far as being the only Mexican on here, but I take a lot of pride about representing LA, the city where I could throw some Samoan words at you. I could throw some Tagalog words at you. I could throw you some bad Persian words at you, you, whatever you need. I'll cuss you out in different languages. A la Kobe. <laughs> but it's just, I know that representation matters because when I first started here in the early two thousands, I never wanted to be known as the Mexican on the radio. You want to just be known as the best on the radio. And now as you evolve and you get older and you realize the responsibility that somebody's looking up to you, just like how you mentioned, it's a big task. But if you become just as the voice of the Mexicans, then you lose an entire audience. And Alicia knows this when you're in TV and radio, it's about being the general market about everybody. Let your face, let your last name be what stands out, but let your words and your knowledge be what makes people want to come back for you. Uh, Princesa, were you going to come in on something? I just wanted to acknowledge that I agree with Beth the 100%. And the thing with Laura and Jorge er, is they, you, to me, and I, you don't have to agree with this because you work there, but I also think the way we have to be SAG and after, like we have to be union, that's against union to put these people on air, use their on air voices when they're not on air. They should be paid then. If you're going to make them part of the team and have them do segments and because I've been part of a radio team and that was my job was to be part of a morning show team. And I got paid as such, but we didn't encourage others who we weren't paying. I don't know. I feel like they just took it seriously. That aspect of, are you on air or not? Once in a while, that's fine. But to be part of a team, they should be compensated as such. That's my opinion because they do go to, to Jorge and Laura a lot. And they are part, mm -hmm. they feel, I feel like just listening, like they are part of the show, but I know. No, I don't listen. I only listen four to seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're not paid and I don't like that. That's all. That's all I was going to say. It's, yeah. it's, no, but it's that's, just... 
that's evolving. Everything's different now. Nothing, you know, there's a bunch of people on strike, like corporate, corporate America and talent and broadcasting, podcasting, everything is different. Well, and think I, about I, it I tell you. young people, don't wait to go to college. If you're passionate about something, start your own podcast. Yeah. Right, use your ground. You don't don't wait to do it the right way. Go to school and then intern and work for free and move to Kalamazoo. Like whatever you're passionate about, do it now. You don't have to wait. That's what I would say. You don't have to go into debt. Damn, we got <laughs> deep in this podcast today, huh? I thought we were going to talk about Greg Brock. <laughs> Greg Brock. <laughs> we can keep I, going. I'm going to go Greg Brock. I was going to go Mike Marshall on you, Mariano Duncan, the 80s Dodgers. That was my jam right there where they would have like – the uh, soul glow of Mariano Duncan. Always in August, camera day on the field, autograph day. When you would get to the outfield on a Sunday, uh, you the Dodgers would walk by. It was always against the Expos for some reason. And it was like, yeah. So saw so Andre Dawson. Yeah. See, I thought you were gonna go about the '80s Dodgers. See, I'm all about the '80s, baby. Absolutely. Hey, Beto, before we let you go, I, I want to hear your thoughts on the Tyson Fury fight because I saw people were losing their mind and. I don't know how long I've been hearing that, you know, boxing is dead, you know, UFC. I, mean, yeah, I get paid a lot. Right. So, <laughs> like, what is the true state of boxing? What what went wrong with that fight? Why are so people people so upset about that fight? Uh, the reason is because he was supposed to fight Alexander Usyk, uh, the, the Ukrainian champ, uh, December 23rd. So this was supposed to be just like a, like a circus kind of thing. Remember when in Rocky, when Apollo or when Rocky was going to fight Hulk Hogan? Underlips, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it was like all of a sudden he hit him real, and it was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, it was kind of supposed to be like that, where Nagano is a bad man in the MMA, but he wasn't supposed to box, and then Fury got knocked down. So now Fury is that fight December twenty third against Usyk is off. So like that was supposed to be a big, big fight. So um, that <laughs> boxing is dead every week. Um, and it's gonna be dead for the next hundred years. Um, it's el deporte de los pobres, right? It's a poor man's sport. It's you literally fight your way out and you get your, you can change your family's life. So it's always going to be there. Um, boxing is crazy. It's awesome. And there's just so many freaking characters. Uh, so it's cool. But as far as like that fight it's just, he was, that wasn't supposed to happen. He was supposed to knock him out early, but Nagano is a bad dude, man. He's a bad dude. <laughs> so there you have it. We, we want to thank the hustler, the man who uh, not only saves the softball teams in the softball tournament at ESPN, <laughs> and he wears, look, I'm telling you, go back and find that video. Those Wadachis are legit. I only say it because my sister-in-law gives me a hard time. Every Why? time she sees me wearing the Wadachis, she's just like looking at me, like giving me the, what are those? And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, man. These Wadachis are so comfortable, but it, you got to get them from Mexico. Because if you where buy, else could you get them? They make some oh. here that are all chafa, and they're not the same, man. I've Wait, had if a people pair. have a nail with white walls and forget it. Right, exactly. No, but the, mine are, literally have a tire underneath it, man. It's got to yeah. have a tire, and th there are brands, there are designers, high end designers, basically like pilfering all of the cultures no. and selling them for a lot of money, and not giving any due diligence to like. The flowers, the prints from Oaxaca, the the Raramure sandals from the north, like they they are making a lot of money, Dolce and Gabbana. So I'm just saying, like it's dope that you are what? wearing the legit. <laughs> hey, hey, Beto, be, before before you go, Beto, I do want because I know you take the guy, uh, the people at ESPN uh, 710 on taco tours. What is? Is that even a tour? We were just hungry. 
<laughs> like there, there's let, a lot you of spots. Listened to you've taken a white guy to East LA, bro. That's all we were doing. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good spots around here, but what is your go-to spot? Uh, you know what I've been hitting up lately? Um is uh my well, let me go on my Instagram. Because I've been the ceviche spots have been good. I mean, obviously my Jalisco is in downtown, so it hits the spot always good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ones called shrimp and taco. Hold on, let me get it. I gotta get it right. Um because like all the like uh where is it? Oh man, Mariscos El Bigotón. Um, oh, okay. Marisco's El Bigotón has been my jam lately because uh, they, they brought one into Wilmington, so I've been eating over there. Uh, Bigotón is on, on 54, 58 Whittier Boulevard, East LA, is Marisco's El Bigotón. They got 170,000 followers. So they got one in Pacuema, East LA, Riverside, and they got one in Wilmington. So I've been hitting that up like for the ceviche and the like the aguachiles has been jamming with me. Uh, but as far as like the tacos, um, <laughs> I kid you not, Every now and then I would hit up Del Valle. We'd go hit up to Frogtown. That was cool. Yeah. You're doing it there. Um, but I'm always like, I don't really care. Like, I, I, I'll i stop anywhere. Like, because at the end of the day, they're just tacos, they're tacos. It's when they, people try to get all creative with them. It's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like everybody loves birria now. And I'm like, that's really? I, I didn't hear about that two years ago. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody loves carnitas now all of a sudden. And I'm like, really? Like, oh, okay. I love carnitas. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't getting it on the corner because it was a little suspect sometimes because Arnita's <laughs> done wrong is wrong. Yeah. Right. yeah. Where did you oh, yeah. take me? We had Mariscos in East LA right by the projects. I forget the name. Um, I think they were the Maravilla. The... It's right. Oh, Mariscos Jalisco. Yes. Yeah, That's, because they have I one was... in the fashion district and then they have one in Maravilla, yeah. Every time I drive by there, I think of you. I'm like, oh, there's Beto spot. <laughs> but yeah but uh, no um yeah it's cool we just go anywhere well i mean just support your local taquero man that's all that matters that that is true Absolutely. uh the, the and they don't complain is... when they're charging you a lot people are hustling bro dude they and are food is expensive like <laughs> i know people are complaining like all oh, the tacos are up to five bucks well then don't eat them <laughs> right like, Hay frijoles yeah. en la casa. Go home. Yeah, but then yeah. they'll go pay eighty five. They'll, they'll go pay like thirty five bucks for like fancy Korean barbecue, and then not, not blink an eye. <laughs> that's that's true. Tell him. Well, Beto, Laker game is starting. Sorry, guys, I didn't realize this. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.